Hi, hello, welcome back to Conspiracies and Other Rants. I have been gone for a long time, but today we are going to talk about the Manson family. And of course, my neighbors are working on their roof right now, so I think periodically we're going to hear hammering, but it is what it is. So let's just get right into it. So, very briefly, I'll talk about Manson's childhood. I do think in some cases it's very important because I always think it's a nurture, not nature type thing to get serial killers to be like who they are, you know? But for him, he had a, you could say that it was a rough childhood in places his mom was in and out of jail his entire like early childhood for things like armed robbery but she was like an only mother and she was trying her hardest to raise him by herself so that obviously led to some issues and he was born on november 12 1934 and while his mother was in jail he was living with family and uh he did like present some really weird and not flattering behaviors. He, like, tried to kill his cousin at one point. <laughs> I sound so, like, a so nonchalant in that, but, like, he tried to kill her with, like, a tomahawk because she locked him out of the house because he was, like, losing his mind. And uh, he ended up following the same path as his mother, like, going and doing armed robberies. So he was in and out of like reformatory schools, like his entire like teenage life and up to like young adulthood. And he was like known for being like the type of person you did not mess with. Like they would transfer him because he was so dangerous. Like he'd he'd do something and they'd freak out and they'd send him to another like reformatory school and he would get out and he would do another armed robbery immediately so they'd have to put him back in another one and a judge at one point was like I don't I don't think he can be reformed but then like they finally like let him out and he went straight for California which is where like all of the rest of this story will be taking place now i'm going to lay out like who's who in the family and like basic facts about them like that you'll need to know some of them were not present for the murders and they were just a part of the cult itself so we obviously know about manson like he's one of the biggest players in this so i don't even have to explain him to you okay there is this girl named diane lake and uh, she's the youngest member of the family, and uh, they met her at 14, and they brought her with them, and uh, she made, like, an amazing book. It's called Member of the Family, and uh, she was not present during any of the murders, and she helped get them in jail and to, like, put them away, which is amazing of her, and she she's an old woman now and she lives an amazing life and I'm very very proud of her all right and then so Leslie so she is 
19 at the time of the murders. And uh, she ended up in jail after all this. She um, was present during the murders and she played a vital role in all of the murders. Okay, and then we have uh, Tex Watson. His name is also Charles. And if you know anything about, like, the case itself, you'll, like, know who Tex is. He was, he moved from Texas to Los Angeles and he joined the family and he was basically Manson's right-hand man. And he took part in both of the murders and he was very, very present and active in them. And then uh, Patricia, she was 21 at the time, and she also helped in the murders, obviously. And uh, she, I'm, I'm very certain that she's still alive. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain that she's one of the ones that is still alive. And then Susan Atkins, she is known for like being very active in these murders. Uh, they referred to her as Sadie May. And uh, she was 21 and she participated in both of the murders. And uh, she passed away, I believe. Uh, Linda, she also, she joined the uh, cult at 20. And she was present in birth, both murders, I believe. And then Lynette, she um, she was not present during the murders, but she was there during the trial to like protest like everything that was going on. Like they thought that that was just a wonderful thing to do. And she uh, later tried to assassinate uh, Gerald Ford and she was uh, given a life sentence for uh, <laughs> for trying to do that. And those are the players in the murders themselves. So the members of the family themselves. And I know a lot of like the way I talk could be confusing, but like it's gonna come back later. Now, let's talk motive. Obviously, motive is always big in literally any crime. But this motive I find, like, particularly interesting. So, Manson was really big about the apocalypse. I mean, most cults are. Like, that's their, that's their thing. Like, oh, the apocalypse is coming. Everyone, like, repent. Uh, he told a family that Helter Skelter was coming. And that, that was what he, he called, like, the apocalypse. And he, that was an uprising of a racial war between black people and white people. And he, he wanted to gain from the war. And he was going to, like, hide with the rest of the family in Death Valley until it ended. And he would, like, facilitate this war by killing white people and making it look like black people did it. And, like, he would take, he was planning to, like, take wallets from the victims and, like, put them in predominantly black communities 
so that the police would find them and be like, oh, they did it. And he was always really big about talking about like a like the Black Panthers. He was like, oh, it's I have to do something about like the Black Panthers. And like it was legitimately insane because he thought that by facilitating this war, like I don't know what he thought his outcome would be afterwards he just wanted to start it so that he could run away with his family and the family themselves like everyone except for manson and like tex were really like isolated all of the women were they were being like um like brainwashed by like manson to like participate in like really weird like gender roles like he would always say oh i'm not big about gender roles like i'm a i'm a hippie and stuff like that and then he'd be like go make me dinner or i will beat you up and he he would beat them up he would hit like the women and uh he was like really big on he he was definitely a pedophile too so i'll just lay that out there like Diane, she was a minor at the time that she was, like, with the family. And he would be like, all right, we are all going to have sex now. And he would say stuff like that. And he'd be like, oh, it's a woman's place to please a man. And it's a woman's place, blah, 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 blah. And, like, all of the women, because they were being brainwashed, they were really susceptible to what he was saying of course that doesn't fucking like there's no way that that like means a murder's okay that'll never make a murder okay but like they were really really in a bad place and they were all doing lsd and all types of drugs which by itself i don't think there's any problem with that but when it's when you're a part of a cult and he's telling you that you need to facilitate a racial war so that you guys will be safe i think there comes a completely like different it's a completely different ballpark by that point all right so let's talk trial so on june 15th 1970 the trial began against manson watson atkins and Crewinkle, um and that began for seven counts of murder and one count of conspiracy so uh van hooten was charged with two counts of murder and one count of conspiracy and caspian uh for immunity testified uh, to the prosecution to explain the events uh, that happened, and Atkins had, uh, she was going to testify, and then she was like, haha, just kidding, and, uh, so the trial is really interesting, like, Manson would do something crazy, and then the girls would do something crazy, because he was still controlling them. At one point, he carved an X into his forehead, which he later turned into a swastika in jail, so if you look at photos of him, he has like the swastika on his forehead. That's because he straight up carved an X and turned it into a swastika later on. And um, so it took a long time for them to like select a jury 
just because you know it was such a like a high like it was a very like high media like crime and uh so he was he did very so manson had a very big like influence on like the witnesses and everything um like they would give they tried to kill uh one of the prosecution witnesses by uh, giving her like lethal doses of lsd and she was able to reach the hospital before like she died but um it was still bad and like um another witness that was threatened was paul watkins um he was severely burned by like a very suspicious fire that started in his van and uh like random people would like disappear and stuff because manson would be like hey we need you to get rid of a witness and they'd be like okay i'll go get rid of a witness for you and the like i already kind of talked about like the disturbances during the trial from like manson but like let me like really explain some specific like instances to you so he would like really be like aggressive about like his opinions during like testimonies and stuff uh like a very specific one um the judge fell into a disagreement um and uh manson was really mad so he threw himself at the judge and he was like someone should cut your head off and uh the women would like chant in latin like in like latin to support like what he was saying like he'd do something crazy and they just start chanting in latin and uh, the prosecution finally had finished their uh, case and they turned to like the defense uh the defense like was so over it that they just rested their case and uh like the women were like protesting that they wanted to testify and like a defense team was like no no we should not like we should not let them testify and um they're like they're still like under influence of like manson like we should not let them testify and when like atkins took stand for her uh, testimony when sadie may took stand for testimony uh, the attorney uh, refused to question her <laughs> and um then the next day manson took the stand and testified for over an hour like he just went off and um so then the jury was excused to like uh like prevent evidence from incriminating like co-defendants and uh uh tex was tried in uh, august of 1971 he was found guilty of seven counts of murder and one count of conspiracy and it took the jury about a week to deliberate like all of it and they came to a verdict of guilty for all charges of murder and conspiracy for all of the defendants and uh during like a penalty phase of the trial the jury has like declared the penalty of death and they were obviously going to do that but um the death penalty was discontinued in uh california and um so manson was then imprisoned to uh california the state prison and he was denied uh parole each time that he uh like a hearing came up and that was a total of 12 times and then um on uh 
January uh, 1st of uh, 2017, Manson was taken to the hospital and he was um, found that he had uh, gastrointestinal bleeding. And uh, while he was still like really ill, he was returned to prison. And then um, on November 5th of that same year, um, he was taken back to the hospital. And four days later, he uh, died of cardiac arrest and uh, respiratory failure. And he had colon cancer too. He was 83 years old. Um, I think he should have died sooner, but that's just me. And uh, Susan Atkins, Sadie May, she was serving her life sentence um, in a women's facility in California. And uh, she died in uh, on September 24th, 2009. She was 61. Uh, Patricia is serving her life sentence um, in Chino, California. And as of 20. 17, she has been denied parole uh, 14 times. So each time, like, parole is coming up for, like, her, they're like, no. And uh, Leslie, uh, she's currently housed uh, in an institution for women in California. And uh, as of 2018, she's been denied parole 21 times. And uh, Tex, he is serving his life sentence uh, in San Diego, California. He doesn't have, like, We've already talked about, like, his parole situation. And, uh, uh, Linda, she was granted immunity, obviously. And, uh, she, I think she changed her identity shortly after. And uh, the Tate, rep, like, residence was demolished and a new mansion was, like, placed there. But the home is, like, completely, like, vacant in the uh, other house, uh, it's a private residence, and it was offered for sale in 2019. So, like, a lot of the other, like, people who were, like, involved, they have, like, changed their identities. And uh, there have been, like, good documentaries on it and stuff. I, uh, if you want to, like, look at, like, trial footage, you could, like, look it up on YouTube. Um if this wasn't like a podcast itself, I'd show you some trial footage because it's literally insane. But, um, like, the, um, it's all crazy. And I watched this video of, uh, Sharon Tate's mom going off on text. She was like, why, uh, didn't you, like, when my daughter was, like, pleading for her life, you weren't asking, like, ab about, like, freedom. Like, you should not be asking for freedom here. You should not be asking for, like, forgiveness. I'm not going to give you forgiveness. And because of this case, um, when it comes to, like, parole hearings, uh, members of, like, victims' families are allowed to sit in on um, parole hearings, and they're allowed to have their, uh, the last say. So, like, if people who are like applying for parole they get to talk first and then uh, the last say is from the family like they get to close it out they get to be like I don't think that it's safe for them to be in society and a lot of movies it's it's a very big like pop culture phenomenon like the Manson family murder sis and there's a ton of movies and stuff there are some that are good and there are some that are like hauntingly awful like the, there's um one called the haunting of sharon tate and it's disgusting like they do not treat the case with any like kindness or 
like, <laughs> like the, he's not very uh, safe with it. And right after he made The Haunting of Sharon Tate, he made one about Nicole Brown Simpson. So he's he's very big and keen on a uh, profiting from murders and horrible, horrible like tragedies. But um, there are a ton of like free documentaries and things if you want to like look up on it and um there are a ton of books the only one that i would like really really recommend would be member of the family by uh, diane lake because it talks about what like normal life was inside of the family and how like trapped like she felt at the time and how like awful manson was but it's a haunting case, really, like the uh, autopsy reports and the crime scene photos. They're haunting because you're talking about a pregnant woman and you're talking about another family who had nothing to do with, like, anything. He just wanted to do it because race war. I mean, because the civil rights, like, the whole civil rights movement was really like gaining momentum at the time and it was a perfect scapegoat like for him to just do violence because he wanted to do violence but yeah thank you for joining me um i hope you've enjoyed this and i will see you next time okay so, August 10th, 1969, Manson and six family members decided to commit another murder, right? Manson was being, like, a big baby because he was like, Oh, you guys didn't do the murder right. It was too sloppy. So, I will teach you guys what to do this time. And so, they were driving around and they were trying to find, like, victims. And they were having, like, a rough time which is a weird sentence to say in, like, the first place that they were having a rough time finding a victim for a murder. But it, but it's true. Like, they were having a difficult time to find people to murder. So they found a home um, that belonged to um, a grocery company uh, owner. Um, his name's Lino and his wife, Rosemary. So they entered the home and they uh, tied them up with a lamp cord, and they put uh, pillowcases over their heads. And uh, he told them that uh, they wouldn't be hurt and that they were just being robbed, and so they collected all the cash, and uh, they took Rosemary to her room. And uh, so then uh, he brought in the rest of like his family members, and he left like the room. And um, a text began stabbing Lino, and um, Lino was trying to get them to stop stabbing him, and he was screaming for them to stop stabbing him. And so Rosemary is in the bedroom, and uh, she was tied up by this lamp, right? And so she was uh, swinging the lamp around, like she was trying to un untangle it and get it off of her so that she could, like, go help her husband. And, uh, so 
uh, some of the women yelled for uh, Tex, and uh, um, Tex came in and he, he stabbed Rosemary multiple times. Uh, Tex then gave the knife over to the other family members so that they could do it, and um, they started stabbing. They started stabbing her like wild and very, very violently. She ended up being stabbed a total of 41 times by the rest of the family members. So then um, Tex comes out of out of the uh, bedroom and he goes into the living room where Lena was. And uh, he began, he continued to stab Lena because he was bleeding out at this point. And um, they carved the word war into his stomach and they stabbed him more times and they left a carving fork, like a, a fork that you like use for like carving meat um, sticking out of his stomach and they left a knife in his throat. And he was stabbed a total of 26 times. So after that, they took the blood from Lino and uh, they started painting the walls, essentially, in his blood. And they wrote things like death to pigs and rise in his blood. And uh, on the refrigerator war, on the refrigerator door, they took the blood and they wrote helter skelter. But they misspelled Helter Skelter, so <laughs> they weren't very smart, let's just say that. And um, so the, the following day, um, uh, Rosemary's son from a prior marriage uh, came to the house and found, he thought it was weird that the shades were drawn because it was the middle of the day. And he found it also weird that uh, Lino's speedboat was still there because they would go out and they would, I mean, they're in California, they're kind of on the coast. Like, he thought it was weird that the speedboat was still in the driveway. And uh, so he called his sister and was like, this is weird. And uh, she came over with her boyfriend. And so they entered the home and they found Lino's body and LAPD again was alerted. And that is the La Bianca murders. Now, on August 9th, 1969, Manson directed Tex, Susan, Atkins, Sadie Mae, um, Linda, and Patricia to enter the Tate residence and destroy everyone in it as gruesome as you can. So he said that word for word. He was prepping for the race war and... Um, this is when the murders start. Now, Sharon Tate was an up-and-coming actress. She was eight months pregnant, and she is an icon of the 60s, early 70s. And uh, her friends were all famous, and they were all hanging out at the house. And um, so they... So Manson's people, they roll up to the house and they immediately attack um, Stephen Parent. He was 18 years old and he was a friend of the caretaker of the property at Celio Drive. And um, he was in his car and they shot him four times in the chest. And 
After that, they then entered the home and they tied Sheriff Tate and J.C. Bring together by their necks. And um, so they were in the living room. Jay and uh, Sharon were tied together by the necks with a rope. And um, they then took Abigail Folger and uh, she was taken to a nearby bedroom. And uh, Sebring was then shot and stabbed seven times. And um, so Sharon is still alive at this point, and uh, she's watching her friend bleed out, essentially. And um, so for Winsky, he's he was also a famous actor at the time, and he was also at the home. He tried to get away from them, and he was stabbed in the legs, and he was struck over the head multiple times with, like the end of the gun, the blunt part of the gun. And um, he was then shot and he was also stabbed over 51 times. And he was hit over the head so brutally that like the gun clip came off because they were so violently hitting him over the head with it. And um, after that, after Fruinski's in pain and dying. They moved on to Folger, and uh, Folger had fled the room that she was being held in, and she was chased, and she was chased by Patricia, and uh, Patricia caught her, and she was stabbed a total of 28 times all over her body, mostly in the chest area and the face. So it was the face and the chest, that's where she was stabbed most of the time, and uh, Sharon watched all of this. She watched all of her friends being murdered, and she was last. And she begged Susan Atkins for her life and the life of her baby. She was eight months pregnant at the time, as I had said. And uh, she would have, I think she was in the end of eight months, so she was due to have the baby, like, soon. So she was asking, if you're going to kill me, can I at least have my baby first? Can I please, like, have my baby and then you can kill me? And her pleads and screaming was denied by Susan Atkins, and she was stabbed 16 times, and the baby did not survive. And um, I watched an interview with Susan Atkins in prison, and she was like, oh, I didn't feel anything. When she was begging for her life, I didn't feel anything. I felt no remorse. I was just watching her scream. I was just watching her cry. And I didn't feel anything. And they were like, well, why should we believe you now that you feel bad? She's like, well, I found Jesus. And honestly, to me, that seems like a, like a plea for sympathy. And at the time, Sharon's husband, um, he was a very famous director. He was not at the home, and so he was not present for the murders. And I know for a long time the media held that against him. Like, they blamed him for the murder of Sharon and her friends, which I have never understood, because it's not like he could have known. He didn't know what was going to happen only Manson and his fucking cult did. 
they were the only ones who knew what was going to happen. And the following morning, the, um, it wasn't the caretaker, it was the maid. She stumbled upon everybody's bodies and she called the LAPD and they had smeared like words all over the walls. They, because they wanted to make it look like it was a, obviously, like a, a race thing. And that is the Tate murders.